Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between, you'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at virginia.org. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everyone. Today is Tuesday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. I'm Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. A lot of news today. There are probably a half dozen items that on any given day would lead our show. Uh, and they're all happening together here this morning. We have earnings, of course, from Johnson Johnson and some of the major banks. We have a new iPhone out today. We have Amazon Prime Day. We have a COVID vaccine halt. That news was from yesterday, late overnight, Johnson Johnson on that. We've got that on our radar. Uh, Hindenburg is going to be out with a new short report here in a few minutes. We don't know who, we don't know when, but we know it's coming. Uh, so a lot to get to on our show. We have two guests on today. First up at 8.35, we'll be joined by a new guest, Joel Kalina. He is the head of technology and media trading at Wedbush Securities. And then at 9, I'll be joined by Ryan Lang. He is a chief marketing officer of Next Green Wave. And he's going to talk about uh, our cannabis event that is happening next or this coming Friday. So a lot to get to on our show. Uh, Joel, how are we doing here overnight? Uh, good morning, Spencer. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Mitch. Good morning, everybody. We're we're bouncing around like a ping pong ball here this morning. We're currently down uh, four and a half handles here at uh, thirty five twenty eight fifty. We had a little little dip overnight. We got down to thirty five ten, but to buy the dippers, they were out in full force, and they brought us back. I'm just going to get one number day. I know Dennis likes one number. And it's that closing price from yesterday at uh, 35.32.75. We even, we got by it high at 35.75, but I don't, I'm just something, something's telling me that's going to be a big number today as we look at the charts. Uh, crude bouncing back from yesterday, down yesterday, back up today, up 84 cents at 40.27. Gold is in the red by three and a half dollars at nineteen twenty-five forty. We have silver in the red too by seventeen point six cents at twenty-five oh nine and a half. And Bitcoin over eleven thousand, not quite near twelve thousand. That's down sixty-five dollars at eleven thousand five hundred and sixty-five. And uh, don't have a big net change here, Triple D. But we we got some action here on both sides of the market. Yeah, it's uh. It's one of those mornings here where you kind of figuring out where to look first, because like Spencer said, we have a lot of different catalysts. Uh, the tech trade, we're seeing the tech trade hot here again this morning. So reopening versus obviously those stay at home stocks. And that's the stay at home stocks, the ones that are winning here this morning. And that is thanks to Johnson Johnson 
just after eight o'clock last night. Futures were trading a little bit higher and they turned around and they slammed them on this headline. And can you give us that headline, Mr. Israel? It was actually reported, I think, first by Stat News, but then Johnson Johnson came out with a statement of their own that their COVID vaccine trial is paused. Uh, one of the patients developed an unexplained illness, though we don't know anything, anything more than that. But that was the news from the last night, sort of superseding their earnings report this morning is the news that they are halting their COVID-19 uh, vaccine trial. And you see Johnson & Johnson taking that hit early this morning. So the 4 a.m. traders got a little overexcited, brought it down 147. But remember, we had earnings on J&J too. So there's a double factor here going on with J&J. Give us the earnings. Yeah, EPS beat $2.20 versus a buck 98 estimate. Sales 21.08 versus $20.2 billion. So a beat and a beat for the Q3 numbers. They also raised their EPS guidance for the year by 20, or they raised it, uh, yeah, by 20 cents from, uh, you can call it, the, uh, the low end of the range was $7.75. Now it's $7.95. Uh, they raised their operational sales guidance as well. Uh, so an earnings beat and a guidance raise, but vaccine halted. And that's why stock is trading down. That obviously trumps it, at least in the market's eyes this morning. You get down here that 145, 146, you get all kinds of support on J&J. So I'll just do one number, and I'm going to say my number of the day for J&J is 146. I don't even think it gets close to it again. It got down near there while a buck away from it there last night. It's decent earnings. We know the vaccine, you know, as a relates to J&J is not a big deal. So they're hitting it down because obviously there's still a race to who's going to get the vaccine first and when you halt your trial. But, you know, we have saw with AstraZeneca, we saw in the past, it's not a big contributor to the bottom line, even if they get this approved. So I think the earnings should trump it eventually. So I'd be a buyer of the dip on J&J. Yeah, great area that you gave there. I'd see four or five lows. Dennis gave you one on the downside. I'll give you one on the upside. 151, 151.02 was the low from yesterday. And then that little bump that you had around uh, just before 7 o'clock, you got over 151. So there, there's a possible trading range for you. Uh, I don't know. We're not going to get down to the 146. But look at that 151 as uh, resistance here. Mm. Fill the gap from yesterday. So that news, though, last night, not only bad for J&J, but bad for the futures. Obviously, they whacked those down and bad for the reopening stocks. And you can clearly see this this morning. Bring up the IWM versus the QQQ, and you got a 1.5% blowout, which is significant. That's clear rotation. So IWM trading down 0.5% with the NASDAQ, almost trading up 1% this morning. If you look at the specific stocks in there, um, Boeing trading down. You've got the airlines trading down. You've got the cruise lines with their own headlines trading down because you got an offering from RCL. So that's slamming it too. I mean, we've said this before. When you have an offering to grow the company, it's always a good thing. When you have an offering that you need money to survive, it's never that good of a thing. So how big is this offering on RCL, Mr. Israel? Yeah, it's significant. $500 million. That's, that's significant. They're just, and this is, do they say a reason? Just funding to finance their way, bridge finance their way oh, through COVID? Let me see what the release is. I would, we would imagine without even looking, it's probably just trying um, to get through COVID. Uh, general corporate purposes. So no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to get through COVID. That's what it is. So I'll say it. Um, and obviously, you know, it's good that they can, you know, get these offering prices. Did we get a price on it yet? No. And that's the other wild card. So where is the offering price set? And we'll find that out probably later on tonight. 
usually they don't come out intraday. So obviously those numbers can become like a magnet, but we've seen this story again and again, people who buy these things early often get hurt because the offering price is sometimes it's a lot lower than you think it can be. In the case of DKNG, it was trading around $60 or $57, $58 a day of the offering. And then they did the offering at 52. So it's, you got to kind of wait. I like if you're buying and obviously as traders, you can do different things, but if you're like an investor and like, Oh, I want to buy this RCL, I'm going to use this pullback to buy my what how the way i play it is i wait till i see the offering price because if they offer that thing way down the hole like 63 or 62 it'll pull it down there or at least towards it so you could be early at 66 maybe you get lucky and maybe the offering price is only 66 but they're still feeling it out when the market goes down the first day and they don't have the number figured out yet investors want a discount not to where it was trading when they announced the offering but to where it's trading so that they can flip out of it so if people are still putting in their numbers where they'd be willing to buy this thing, it's going to be lower than that. It's going to be probably if they're shopping it around, people are probably more interested around 62 or 63. Yeah, so they can try yeah. to flip her out at 66. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of trading right there at 66. I mean, I did see a couple spikes to 67, but uh, someone someone has an opinion here. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it's uh, charts really don't make much uh, when they have offering. That's the price. That's going to trump the charts here. Uh, got got up over 70 or was trying to get over 70, which is near the high of the range. But someone has an opinion here at 66. We'll be, we'll be looking to see what that price is. And then we can look at the charts of these other ones. But where, where's Carnival Cruise Lines? 14 and a half, 15? 14? It is senior convertible notes, though, too, Spencer. I didn't notice if you uh, did oh, see yeah. that or not. Yeah, I did. Yep, I should have mentioned that. I did see that. So okay. it's off, offering and, and notes. Ah, boy. 16 uh, for CCL. You're not going anywhere until you take out 16 bucks, multiple highs there. Yeah. And then uh, Norwegian. Norwegian's NCLH. Yeah, that's down too. I mean, are they doing any, are they going out of any ports or doing anything? I really haven't. Well, they've halted everything, haven't they? halted everything. But interestingly enough, uh, our World Caribbean did say they haven't been notified about any uh extended no sale orders beyond the end of this month so uh the no sale order as 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 they know it ends october 31st so i don't know what that means for november but i guess for now tough i mean tough tough to be long these stocks hanging out near the lows of the move and i mean every day every day those ships sit there they're losing money it's uh it's a tough trade if you're if you're looking at this on the it's long It's tough. Side. All these stocks are tough. Yeah. Unless you're Disney and you can do financial engineering oh, to, nice. get your, to, to get nice. your price up. So here's Disney. California parks are closed. The, the CEO was on CNBC last night. So I'm taking this information right from him on the Florida parks. And he said the Florida park is running at 25% capacity because that's all they're allowed to do because of the six-foot regulation. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, he was very upset with California saying that they should be allowed to open their parks. Um, health, you know, obviously of the citizens, he wasn't that concerned about in this. He was more concerned about just getting his parks open. But let's look at the Disney situation. Like California parks closed, Florida parks, 25% of capacity. Um, you've got the studios, which are a mess. We know that they, you know, a lot of the operations have been halted. I don't know if they've started shooting some some stuff again, but you know, it's a mess. We know ESPN's a mess. Sports ratings are in the in the gutter, so that's a mess too. The dividend has been temporarily suspended, and there's talk that they might just eliminate it for the time being. Um, there's rumors on that that it might not just be a temporary suspension; that they might make it permanent for now. Um, so you have all these issues. 
happening with Disney, which is the bulk. And I'm talking the big chunk of their revenue. Like parks are like 40%. We've looked it up before. And now it's all of a sudden, but let's figure out, we, we have one business that is doing really well, and that's Disney Plus. So let's figure out how to milk that for everything we can. So what do they do, Mr. Israel? They, so yeah, they announced a reorg. Uh, is this a record uh, in terms of activist um, demand? Yeah, exactly. Because Good point. Dan Loeb uh, came out. It was a week ago. It was it was October. I, I, I it was October seventh. He came out and said, "You should, you guys should halt your dividend and use that money to do more streaming stuff." Uh, and they're doing, and they're, they didn't announce the halt of the dividend, <laughs> right, but right. they're totally on with the streaming stuff. Right. So the, the, the no. is the it, new CEO a pushover? I don't know. I, 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 Let's I, get I, him on the show. I want to ask him that question. Is he a pushover? Well, for all the, for I all got we, some suggestions. Maybe uh, they, you know, listen to some of my suggestions. For all we know, they were already doing this. We don't know. But the biggest takeaway from last night's announcement is that essentially Disney is, is going all in on streaming and they're throwing in the towel more or less. On, on movie theaters. The, the, my biggest takeaway was that they're not going to, uh, you know, f- determine uh, whether to launch a, a mo- release a movie on, uh, online or in theater by like how grand the movie is and how big they're going to do it based on how much money they can make. So if they think they can make more money releasing a movie on Disney plus, they're going to do that and not release it in the theaters. It's so, an, and, and that's gotta be bad for AMC. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, an AMC slightly down on this, but it cannot be good for AMC or Cinemark. Yeah. So I would think that's, and they're, and, they're, and they're being ignored. They're not even down much. I mean, these things have been killed so bad. So maybe, like, you look at AMC and everybody thought, oh, yeah, movie theater is coming back back in September. And the stock just got cut off 50%. Again, we're back mm-hmm. down to the July lows. CNK worse. CNK, I believe, if we're looking at that one, is actually making, it's almost back to the March lows. So theaters are pricing like they may be going out of business. And if they start pulling movies like Disney, we're going to make movies and we're going to release them on Disney Plus because we can sell Mulan for $29. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's smart. This is all very smart by Disney. So obviously some financial engineering here, like Joe likes to call it. You're getting the stock price up. The, the company is smart. This is a smart way to go about it. I think maybe they can make more money this way. You know, if you can get these movies and you can just release them and have people buy them early. And I think, wasn't Mulan like 29 bucks? Yeah. I, obviously, That's a lot of money. Like, obviously, investors love to see the words, uh, you know, reorganize, corporate reorg, right? You know, re- oh, yeah, all the buzzwords. Investors love those words. All love the buzzwords were in there. You said- and the algos were all over the buzzwords because yeah. by the time, when this headline broke, the algos were all over this one. Oh, yeah. This thing was already up six bucks. Like, it broke and like the algos were on it. There was no like, oh, I see this. And as a human being, I'm going to go buy it. No, reorg. We like seeing all that stuff, you know, like figuring out, you know, how to get the most out of Disney Plus. So with all that being said, Joel, I'm going to throw it to you in a second. But with uh, yeah, all that being fine. said, <laughs> I know what you're going to They say. were arguing last night and Tim Seymour has been on the show a lot of times. And, you know, Guy Dami also arguing that if Disney ever got the Netflix multiple, that you know this stock would be a hell of a lot higher like if disney ever got the netflix multiple for their disney plus operations i am going to argue here today that disney plus already has the netflix multiple you know why because last year at this time the stock was 130 dollars, and it had everything operating we had no COVID. 
the studios, the parks were packed. You know, I went to Disney. You can't even move in the parks, you know, when it was a year ago. So all of their other operations suck right now, yet the stock is still trading at $130. So don't tell me that Disney Plus is not getting a hell of a lot of, a hell of, a lot of you know, valuation in Disney right now. I think a lot of Disney's, well, the reason it doesn't look like the airlines, the reason it doesn't look like, you know, the cruise lines, the reason it doesn't look like the casinos, one, it is Disney, so it wouldn't look that bad. But two, is it has Disney Plus. So Disney Plus is keeping Disney afloat here right now from a story valuation perspective. So if you think, you know, they're just going to have this huge multiple expansion from Disney Plus, I'd argue that it's already occurred. Man, that's why we pay you the big money, Triple D. That it. That, that's that's uh, really. I'd argue that's that great it's analysis. Occurred. You should that's, you should write that up today, Joel. I know you like writing articles. Like I mean, that's it, kind it, of, that that's what I think. I think it is already priced. You know, and obviously, if everything reopens, that's going to be good for Disney. So, but right now, if you're buying Disney, just saying, oh, it's Disney Plus is eventually going to be valued by net like Netflix. One, I think a lot of it already is. Two, is Disney Plus as good as Netflix? Like, I, I, like I'm done so watching. That's Disney the point. Plus. That's the point. At the moment, no. But that's no, what, not even close. That's what Disney is saying. That's what they're saying. They're saying, look, they're basically admitting, look, we know that our library, you know, we don't have as much new content. We There's have, no new content. I subscribed. I'm a paying subscriber. Right. I subscribed. Did the one year plan? I might not renew it. You know why? Really? One. One, my kids have already watched all the cartoons on there, so they're kind of done with it. Two, there's nothing new to watch. It comes out with a couple new shows a month. Right. Netflix comes out with hundreds of new shows every month. There's awesome stuff to watch on Netflix. I just watched the Epstein. Did you watch that on Netflix? It's awesome. Now, is that good? Well, that's, it's good. That's what they're saying. They're, they're saying, look, we're going to just like throw all of our resources behind developing new They need to do that. New content. And we're not going to necessarily just throw it in the theaters. We're going to throw it on, on Disney+. Plus. So... The, that's the bottom line is they're saying bear with us we know we're behind amazon and and we're behind netflix we're even probably behind apple in terms of streaming content but we're gonna they, they need to do that they need to um you know get behind disney plus because i'll tell you you're gonna lose subscribers like myself if you don't get the content on there soon the stuff they come out with is excellent i mean they can produce and i'm not gonna say that they, netflix can produce better content disney can produce awesome content i think disney is some of the best content that's out there but when they don't come out with new shows like I, i've already watched the mandalorian and obviously it's hard with covid it's hard but you know even when we before we had covid like when did we get disney plus wasn't it like august or something or september last year yeah. They had four, five, six months. It all came out, and it was like the first month, this is awesome. Okay. And then I was like, after the first month, I was like, well, I'm not seeing anything new. I watched The Mandalorian already. And, and, and they get the odd new show, but there's not enough new shows. So they got to get behind, and they got to get – you need five to ten new shows a week, like five to ten new things to Ooh, watch to keep people interested. So Netflix wow. does it. So wow. Wow. Ne wow. Netflix wow. does it. There's so many things that go on Netflix. I'm so impressed with how – and, and I was a Disney versus Netflix The Disney. I was taking the Disney on, you know, a year ago. But I tell you, Netflix produces content like, you know, and some of it isn't the best, but they're coming out with stuff. So there's always something new to watch. Whether you like it or you don't, there's new stuff to watch. So I look at Disney, I'm like, what is new on here? And they have a little thing, and there's like four new shows in the last month or four new shows in the last two months. I'm like, well, this is not enough, enough new content. Okay, so so with regard to the, to the Disney multiple, though, the, I think the bottom line is, like, if they can make it through this storm, when the parks eventually reopen, that's going to be awesome. So if you could just, like, 
and they're trying to just hold on, right? Just hold on yeah. until then. And if and if you're long Disney like I am, just hold on until then, because you know when they do reopen, if it's in a year or two, I don't know when, two years, whenever it is, that's gonna that's gonna rock. So this is I a- would agree with that. Yeah. So I'm not saying that we got to get full on bearish Disney. It's going down. I'm just saying. You'd think when, when you're in a pandemic and all their businesses are running on fumes that you'd get a little more of a discount in the price. If you're coming in thinking, oh, Disney's cheap at 130, right. it's not. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's cheap at all. This is the same price we were at last year. So you're getting a zero COVID discount on a pure reopening stock. And every other reopening stock, you're getting a huge discount to buy it here. So the reason is Disney Plus. Are they valuing Disney Plus at too much? I think they are right now. I think the stock should be much lower. I think it should be down on $100. But, you know, it doesn't matter what I think. It's what the market <laughs> thinks. And this market, obviously, continues to just want a story. And Disney Plus is a good story. Okay, let me back up for a second. Uh, Joel, did we get your levels on Apple uh, from earlier? Or, or Well, let's. I just want to do, um, obviously, Dennis is not going to be buying the open here in Disney. And uh, I think no, I, I just want to I, I want to just point out the pre-market high or yeah, it was after hours. They got this thing to one thirty two forty seven, and this is this is a high right here at uh, one thirty one seventy seven. So I would keep a real close eye on one thirty two, and then also you can let this jockey around today, but keep an eye on the closing price because I think that that's gonna you know the street you know the street will be making their decision on you know this move short term or long term. But I'd, like 132 is resistance if it gets back up there. I think this is a gift. If you lose 130 here, there's not a lot, uh, not a lot underneath that. So, and also the closing price. But 132, we'll see. If it closes above 132, I, I'll be pretty surprised. Well, it, I'm not, I don't know where the stock's going in the short term. Sure. And I don't know where – and maybe you're right in the long term too. I'm not coming in here and – building out the bear case i'm just saying it's not cheap and a lot of good news already priced in but we know from mitch we know from this this the story trumps all and the disney plus this helps the disney plus story so i'm not surprised it's up five dollars you know is it warranted from a valuation perspective no i don't think so but it doesn't matter valuation matters zero if you got a story going and the disney plus story is still cooking so i wouldn't want to be short it yep all right uh apple here today's the day right one o'clock eastern Today's the day, one o'clock Eastern. Okay. Uh, let's take just the just the trade. I mean, all the money was made on this trade by exactly how we set it up uh, for you guys Friday morning, or it may have even been Thursday. We said buy it over the weekend. This is what the plan of attack was to buy it over the weekend to hold it into the event, like right and sell it right before the event starts. So, and and now I think I think if you've got that. You buck it now because this is ridiculous now. It's moved up $10 ahead of the event. It's moved up 8% in two days ahead of the event. It's one of the biggest moves for Apple, two-day moves I've seen. I sold all of – I love my Apple in my long-term investment portfolio, but I bought more for a trade. I sold it all this morning because I'm like, okay, this trade – this is a textbook trade that worked three times better than the textbook should work. Like you don't – I was figuring you pick up 2 3%. You don't figure you're going to pick up 8%. It ran six and a half yesterday and another one and a half today. Uh, what's the Kramer saying? Pig, pigs get slaughtered, but bears. Bulls make money. <laughs> I butchered that one. Bulls make money. Bears make money. Pigs get slaughtered. Yeah. So if you're trying is to milk it for even more and take into the event, greed, greed, greed. This is all, you know, I think priced in now. 
bonus money here this morning after the big run yesterday. Same goes for Amazon, in my opinion. I'm long both of these stocks. I'm not talking to you investors. I'm staying long Apple, staying long Amazon in the long-term portfolio. But any extra shares that I had because I thought, you know, it's going to have the pre-event runs and the pre-prime run, I have now sold. So, because this is just a big move for Amazon here this morning, too. Um, Amazon rallying 167 points yesterday. Let's just throw another 43 on it here, too. Because Prime Day's here! Let's get excited! It's Prime Day! Yeah, what are you Hold buying? You. What are you buying? I don't know. What do you want to buy? <laughs> no, I'm buying nothing because I'm still oh, yeah. trying to figure out where all my stuff's going because I'm moving out of my house. So, <laughs> so I need to sell stuff. You want to, you want to buy stuff? <laughs> I, I bought a trailer yesterday. You did? I did. I bought a trailer yesterday. 16 foot enclosed. Because so I was like, I'm looking because we're building a house, right? So I'm like, I need, I was like thinking about just storing everything in my, in the, in my cottage garage, but I got to figure all this stuff out. So I was like, you know what? Living around all this stuff. I bought a trailer, hoping to just store the stuff in the trailer and then sell the trailer when I don't need it anymore. So trying to work it out that way. We'll see if I can buy and sell trailers as well as I can buy and sell stocks. Probably not. So I'm I'll sure probably get killed on the trailer, but <laughs> I, I'm short. I'm short the trailer. You're short uh... that trailer. You want to see a picture? Look at the picture of the trailer. The trailer's nice. I sent you a that? picture, Joel. All I right, sent you so a I'm picture ready. to your phone last night. Oh, I should you show the picture of the trailer. It's a nice trailer. I didn't even, I didn't even look at it. No, you didn't. You, you must have sent it to another. Oh, trailer. I sent it to you last night. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, All right. Anyway, what, uh, someone asked for Apple numbers. Yeah. Uh, pre-market high, 127.32. You're a buck off that. Right, around. So use that as a target. If, in fact, you don't get over that, let's say, first 15 minutes, first half hour, then I expect it to roll over a little bit. Uh, on the dailies, what do you got here? Uh, 128.84. So if you're really hungry and you'd say, ah, that pre-market high is toast, then if you get near 129, boom, I'd, uh, I'd, that would be your next daily resistance level. That day that it hit 128.84, it closed way down at 120.88. That was just coming off the, uh, this was the split mania. This was the actual split. Those are the two days where they blew the shorts out of the water. And then this is where they flushed the toilet. So first things first, let's take out that pre-market high. Buy the rumor, sell right. the news. It's almost as if AMC was listening to our show because they came out and they said that this is AMC Entertainment. This is the movie theater company. Um, at, at this rate, our cash reserves are going to be largely depleted by the end of the year or early 2021. Holy, oh, look at this. I just did pull a Jason Rasnick and predicted a headline before it happened. <laughs> Look at how, look how good we are at this. We predicted a headline. That's before crazy. That's crazy. No, actually, that was out before. That was out earlier. Sorry. That was out at 724, I think. So I actually I, didn't read that headline. Yeah, you're right. I just, I predicted it, but it was already out there. So it's like you invented something, but somebody already invented it on you. So I take it back. I had, that was already out there, but I hadn't read that. But you look at this. I mean, how do you figure now Disney's going to bypass you? What? For what reason, other than you're hopeful of a short squeeze happening, which already happened in August, do you want to own AMC and CNK? For what reason? I, I don't see, you know, I, I don't think movie theaters were even doing that great. Were they doing that great before COVID, Joel? No. no they weren't they even were. doing that great before COVID. No. Now COVID, so it's like like we've said before, you got a business that's teetering, COVID kicked, kicked it off the cliff. And I think, you know, it's AMC and CNK, there's dark there there's i think there's no light at the end of the tunnel that's my opinion on the businesses the stocks can have squeezes which they have had in the past but 
hard to be a buyer yeah, here, definitely. especially when you get news like this Disney, which I can't understand why those stocks are shrugging that off here this morning. If they're talking about buy it, I mean, think about how many of the big, when we were talking Disney last year, think about the big movies, like of the 12, remember at one point, 12 of the big movies, I believe it was in 2019, we were halfway through, 11 of them were from Disney. Yeah. So imagine Disney bypass. Imagine if they do, and in, in, in obviously it's just talk here still, but imagine if they do indeed decide just to go to straight to Disney Plus and bypass the theaters. Imagine that. Imagine, like, no, don't imagine. Murders that's, what, that, that's what they just said. Don't it murders them. How are they not down more today when they're talking like that? Like, how is CNK not, it's, how is it down 2%? How is it not down 20% on that? Anyways, I'm, I'm no position in either of these stocks. But I would, after that headline, no way, no how would you get me or Joel's money or Spencer's money. Like, even if I was controlling their money, I wouldn't put anybody's money in these theaters. And like I said, I don't know where they're going. They could short squeeze. They can do some stuff. And yes, they're oversold. Yeah. But who cares? News right. like this, I cannot see these stocks rallying. It's okay. hard, man. I mean, you, we're going to uh, talk more about this with our guest, Joel Kalina, at 835. I want to go to uh, some other movers, though here's one that you won't see discussed on, 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 on CNBC uh, and your, your other outlets. Today. What do you got? I, I want to look at this stock is EARS, Oris Medical. Okay. Going off the board here, Mr. Israel. What's uh, yeah, up? Yeah. Okay. So this is actually not the first time this has happened, but this is a case of mistaken stock identity. So here, <laughs> here is the, here I is love the, these. Here's oh, the headline. Johnson and Johnson a year ago, acquired a company called Oris Health, okay? Oris Health, and Johnson Johnson is now being sued with regards to that transaction. Oris Medical, which is E-A-R-S, is up 80% this morning. Oris Medical so, has nothing to do with Oris Health. They are different companies. Again, so this Oris Health is private? Yes. Well, Johnson Johnson bought them. They're yes, they oh. owned by Johnson Johnson. That happened a year ago. This happened. This happened when the when that wow. transaction happened too. But Johnson Johnson owns Oris Health. They're being sued regarding that transaction. Oris Medical E A R S is trading up eighty percent on that headline. They have or seventy five percent now. They have nothing to do with this Johnson Johnson Oris uh, Medical headline again. Oris Health, Oris Medical, two different companies, and. One of them is trading up 80%. This punches a few holes in the efficient market hypothesis, Joel. <laughs> so if, see, you're uh, if you're wondering why EARS yeah, ears. It's a cool ticker symbol, ears. Is Oris Medical do health with ears or something? They should do hearing aids, right? Maybe they do. What they must is, do something uh, no, with ears. No. Uh, Oris, what you, wait, which one are you talking about? Oris well, Oris. we're talking about the actual public, the one that's up 76%. Uh, so Oris Medical it's does. It's got a cool uh, ticker symbol, E-A-R-S. Yeah. They do like. Uh, tinnitus uh, stuff. Uh, they do what? Yeah, like hearing. Oh, I need oh, yeah. this company. I get that tinnitus where you get the little ringing in the ears. You're in a really silent r- room and you hear. I get that every once in a while. Yeah, I never, I never did anything about it. It's just been there for years. I just got. And used what's to the it. other stock? Uh, I we got. It, e- it, it's not public. That's the oh public. okay. That's the yeah, public. we've seen this trick before. And uh, what? What was the one? Oh, that rave. That wasn't uh, a mistaken identity trade. That was just. Um, Hey, you I see I, this oh, trade occur. You're right every once in a while, and it is ridiculous. Wait, and... I, I, I want to interrupt you guys. We yeah. just got that Hindenburg report. Their new target is ticker LOOP. Hats up to whoever had that in the chat. Uh, Mahul Loop Industries. Yeah, Mahul had it in the YouTube chat. A hat tip to you. 
Uh, the, the report is out. Loop is the ticker. L-O-O-P. What the hell? Okay. What the hell is that? I am... I've never traded Loop Industries before. Well, you're about to. <laughs> it's uh, down 35%. Hindenburg. They yep. know how to Hindenburg, blow up. This is their new target. So wait, they... they're they're really going after a high flyer here. Boy. Loop Industries. Whoa, boy, we're going after. I'm seeing what the company does before <laughs> we read. They're we're going after an eleven dollars. It's a technology stock. company. This is coming from just Google. It's a technology company whose mission is to accelerate the world's shift towards sustainable PET plastic and fiber and away from our dependence on fossil fuels. Yeah, it's plastic. Lots of buzzwords right there from the company. That's pretty cool, but. Um, L double O P, L double O P loop. All right, I. They're slamming it. So two days ago, or not two days ago, about two weeks ago, stock was almost fourteen dollars. It's a two for one stock split, Joel. We're down here at seven. Thoughts, concerns, uh, agreements. We've seen these as opportunities to buy stocks before. Um, in some cases, they do turn out to be obviously sustained moves. In the case of Nicola. Um, there was obviously where there was smoke, there was fire. In some cases, there's smoke and there's nothing here. So I haven't obviously read the report. It just came out. The initial reaction is slam it because would, Sindenberg says slam it. Um, I don't know what's uh, my, my charts are not. Double OP is not, loop. It's not picking it up for loop. some reason. Huh. Yeah, you got it. Sure. You got it now. Kind of. I got it now, but I don't see. Oh, you're not seeing the pre-market action. Yeah, but I, and I, I have my 24-hour chart on this too. Well, that's weird. Well, I'm seeing it down. To- it's down at $7.79, down 32% right now. Yeah. There's somebody that's just stepping up, though, with 25000 They just went seven sixty to seven seventy. They're like, give them to me. Now they're seven eighty. Twenty-four thousand shares trying to bring it in. Maybe it's Hindenburg trying to bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> 24,000 shares come to pop, but they don't know how to trade, though, because they're chasing it up. Now they're at eight. You see, they're bouncing. If anybody's no, I'm the so upset. They keep coming up. The, the 24000 is totally moving the price by chasing it up. Oh, man. Buddy, if you're oh. trying to buy $24,000, first thing, don't show it. Second, don't keep moving your price up all those high. Now it's eight ten. They went eight ten. the 24000 Now they're getting nothing. Oh, no, they're starting to get done. When that gets done, then it'll slam down through it probably, but. Everybody's oh. stepping in front of that thing. Oh, he oh, just got a little bit. Get, get a new. Just got a few. Well, no, what's going on, Spencer? Can you you want to try and pull it up? Yeah, it's, I, uh, I mean, I've got it on mine. Uh, I'm not sure. Pull it up. Pull it up. I'm, it up. You, I'm giving you the play-by-play as this twenty-four thousand shares tries to bring it in, meaning where they're trying to buy it, and, and they're chasing the they, price up. They chased you know it from seven fifty up to eight twenty. Now they're they at eight twenty bid. They just keep coming up. They're like, we got to cover. We got to get covered. It's 8.30 yeah, yeah. on them, and they just came up to 8.20. They've been handling with OTC. like 2,000 shares. Watch, they're going to come up again. They're totally scared. It's like old-school dumb trading. How, how, how you don't fill an order 101. This is exactly how you don't do <laughs> what it. What you do so is you go 7.50 bid, and then when you start to get hit, you pull it. You pull it. You go you lower. Pull it. And then he goes 7.40. Oh, he just went off board to get done. He panicked and went 8.44 instead of oh, down. Oh, sold. It went if off board, too. If Some wanna... off-exchange market maker sold them all to May 44. That's the top. <laughs> now it's down at 8.15. That's just like play by the, play. the pit when someone like a, a guy got frustrated with the order. You got him. <laughs> guy gets real frustrated it's under eight with now. the order. That's how you – that's a 7.85 now. That's oh, how boy. you don't fill an order. I was telling him he's doing it wrong. He was going to get it cheaper. I should be a block trader, Joel. <laughs> that, 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 oh, there you go. There's a – Two minutes in the life that of a, nice. a trader that doesn't know how to trade. 
I it's it's funny. I know I joked that DJ says it's probably Hindenburg. Hindenburg knows how to put the reports, but they don't know how to buy. No, <laughs> no. I don't know. If we have no. Obviously, we'll never know who that was. But whoever it was, they don't know how to fill an order. That was great. That was great. Uh, Seven seventy-five. Uh, it's, they just bought twenty-four thousand shares up at eight or eight forty-four. <laughs> Things under eight a second later. They're like they're they're calling Nasdaq. Right? Can I get an adjustment on that? Yeah. Please? Well, they're not getting on Nasdaq because it went off Wait exchange. Minute. Wait a minute. You got to call Ken Griffin. <laughs> You're yeah. not going to get changed. Anyways, before uh, Dennis introduces our next guest, first of all, he has a great name, uh, Joel. And second of all, what he liked about our show, and Dennis, you just did a great, uh, great rendition. This is like he likes the ponies, too. And he likes the action. <laughs> he likes the way we call stuff. And Dennis, I have to give you like an A super plus on that. Okay. That was that was okay, great. Play by play. That was I should be a play by play guy. Yeah, we should play instead of sports because there's going to be no sports. We can do uh, play-by-play. But Spencer, introduce our guest, and uh, let's get on and talk about some other stuff. Yeah, Joel Kalina is the head of technology and media trading at Wedbush Securities. Joel, good morning. Uh, good, good day to have you on here, I think. Um, we were just talking Disney. We were talking this Hindenburg short report. I don't know if you're following uh, that, but uh, good morning. And good morning. What, what's on your radar this morning? Yeah, I mean, you guys touched on a lot. Obviously, uh, I was off yesterday for the uh, the Canadian holiday, um, so I kind of was just looking at my screen. Are you Canadian? Uh, my wife is. So oh, I got- you get a Canadian holiday, and your wife's Canadian. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm Canadian. I didn't even get the Canadian holiday. Family time up north, and. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, yesterday's moves were, were mind-boggling. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you, you hear this morning narrative being, you know, outsized option activity kind of returned, and that kind of people were speculating maybe what was the, the quote-unquote Nasdaq whale back out there. But end of the day, uh, with, with COVID, you know, cases back on the rise globally, um, you know, more restrictions, obviously, in London, across Europe, and U.S. is becoming a mess. Uh, you saw the, the rotation back into, into growth, and it was, it was fast and furious, and, and tech remains the number one beneficiary of, of the growth trade. It's, right. There's an absolute scarcity of out there out there in the world, and that hence the, the kind of pause in the cyclical value trade that, you know, was, was showing some legs over the past couple of weeks. Wait, Joel, I just want to ask you real fast. So we just kind of did the play-by-play on, on sort of how not to, to you know, to well, trade in the pre-market, but really to trade at all. Uh, how important is, is, is order entry and, 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 and that aspect of, of your job? Uh, order entry in terms of well, you know, placing your orders, uh, and, and, and managing your orders, uh, and like, if you want to buy a lot of stock, for example, can you just like speak to that first thing? Cause we just sort of called it as it happened in this LOP stock and, yeah. uh, someone not doing, I can, not- yeah, I can say in, in, a, in a former life where I was more, more focused as a prop trader, you know, kind of back in, in the financial crisis, 2007 to 2011, while I was based in London, you know, the market structure has immensely changed over the past decade. And it's, uh, as you said, it, it seems like when you do get these type of headlines, it's, it's all dominated by machines. Liquidity is, is extremely inconsistent. And that is one narrative that keeps coming up in conversations. So when you really want to go get, say, there's a headline and you want to get a block of stock, you know, on, on board or, 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 or sell a little bit, you really need a little bit of luck on your side and, and hope that you have the best tools on your desk, i.e. algorithms where liquidity really can just disappear. And, and that's kind of one of the challenge, challenges nowadays as a, as a trader on a cash equities desk, just the inconsistent nature of liquidity, given the rise of machines, CTAs involvement, yeah. and the retail frenzy into it all. And that's just become a, a, another element to it all. 
uh, Joel, let's talk. It's good to, good to have you on. Uh, we were talking about Disney before. Uh, yeah. You are the head of technology and media trading. This is within your purview. Uh, what was your reaction to, to the Disney headline from yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, obviously, uh, I forget which which you guys were saying. How is this stock holding up as well as it has, despite, you know, the exposure to theme parks? They have some cruise lines. Live sports has kind of been a, a train wreck as well. The price action tells you that people, this is a story that people want to own. And, and dips are being bought. You go, you pull back the chart, you know, going back to March. The stock has impressively been making higher lows along the way. And I think last night just really solidifies and strengthens their position um, as they look to control their distribution uh, moving forward. And, and clearly there's a, a higher premium being put on their stre uh, streaming business. Um, they do lack content, but God, I mean, if you look at some of the other offerings out there, I think Disney is hand, you know, hands down the number two behind Netflix. Uh, I, I'd rather be long uh, Disney any day of the week versus a short basket of say Viacom, Discovery, AMCX, Lionsgate, those type of older media companies that are really going to struggle to find their way in, in the new streaming world that we live in. And like, what is your overall view of, of that industry, of that sector right now? Um, you know, Disney and exposure to parks notwithstanding, yeah. uh, you know, we, we talk about the, the, the content providers, talk about Roku, uh, you know, uh, what is your overall view? Like, how would you play that space right now? I think you want to, you want to stick with the names that have gotten you here. I mean, I think you, you pull back the market five plus years, you want to have exposure to, to secular growth. And that's where media to me is one of the most fascinating sectors. You really could almost break it down the middle where you have probably 20 to 35, 30% of the companies under that you know, kind of hood that have just continued to outperform and, and grow their business um, and, and are obviously commanding a higher multiple. And then you have the names like, you know, Viacom, you know, they had the kind of renewal, renewed marriage with Viacom and, and CBS and Discovery throw the movie theater stocks in that basket. So you have new media and old media. Yep. I think you want to stick with the, the, the names that have gotten you here that have continued to perform well, because I don't see the, the trends reverting anytime soon. And I'm surprised we haven't seen more kind of uh, acts of M&A out of desperation versus strategy. And it will, will be interesting to see what happens to movie theaters here moving forward. The group was already in, in a world of pain before COVID. And now it's just kind of a, another nail in the coffin. And I don't know where we are in that life cycle, but I think movie theaters will be a very a niche experience, especially for younger generations moving forward. And, and I don't think you want to have these in your portfolio other than for a trade. We're on the line with Joel Kalina. He's head of technology media trading for Wed Bush Securities here on Benzinga's pre-market prep. Uh, Joel, you also like to follow the chips in the tech sector here and you kind of have the old tech and the new tech. And I actually noticed on your morning note that uh, you were talking about some of the old tech here. Uh, just to bring up one micron technology, uh, this seems to be in a trading range. What's, what's your story on this stock? I, I agree with you right there. And that's what it is. It, it's a trading stock. You know, the book value is still somewhere in the low 30s. So you're going to have that downside protection support. But, but uh, memory is a, a commodity. And you're going to get these fluctuations on, on pricing, you know, that just come and go. It's, it's a cycle trade. You never really, can't be married to it. And you got to hope your timings, you know, your entry and exit, you can time it pretty good. But uh, this, is a, this is a group of stocks you have, you know, Micron, Western Digital, and kind of Seagate in the, kind of in the Western world. Um, and, and people are becoming a little bit more optimistic simply on the, on the handset builds have continued to lift in the second half of this year. Server pricing has been the weak spot. People see that return to growth sometime in Q2, Q3 of 2021. 
So I think as a, as a, a medium-term, long-term trade, you can maybe play it um, on, on the long side. But again, like this is, I, I think there's much better plays in the semi-space, whether you want to go after the analog names that have exposure to the V-shaped auto recovery, or even on, on the wireless side of things with, with kind of not just the iPhone ramp, but every other handset manufacturing across the globe has been lifting their builds ex Huawei. So, you know, names like Skyworks, Corvo, Marvell is a play on, on, on the accelerating 5G trends as well. So for me, memory remains kind of a, a, a dark, controversial spot within the chip space. Um, you can play, you know, trade the ranges, but be very cognizant. I wouldn't, it's, it's impossible to get too greedy in either direction because, you know, like this, these stocks just kind of extend, just chop, chop back and forth. Let's talk about the automotive sector here a little bit. Uh, Ford's uh, showing some life. Benchmark upgrade got it going. Uh, GM is, you know, it's had its uh, ups and downs uh, with uh, the potential investment in Nikola. Uh, Tesla just hanging out here. Yeah. Just oh man, it's looking like it wants to break out, but it won't. Uh, is this a? Let's just talk about uh, the old automotive, Ford and GM, Fiat, Chrysler, and talk about Tesla as well. Yeah, I mean, as far as the automotive sector goes, I mean, I love it. We, we got more data overnight out of China, um, which continues to show, I think it was the third consecutive monthly uh, gains over there. So the growth out of China has been impressive in terms of recovery post-COVID. Starting to see green shoots coming out of Europe. And I think slowly but surely, we're seeing that in the, in the, in, in the North America as well. So you look down the semi-supply chain, going back to early September, Citigroup held their big uh, you know, tech conference uh, post-Labor Day. You had multiple companies out talking up trends, whether it was Sensata, Microchip, STM, uh, um, a wave of other com- companies as well. Um, and then in terms of, of Ford and GM, I think these are, these are cyclical ways to play the recovery. And even though, like, again, you're, you're going to have these you know, starts and fits of, of the cycl- cyclical trade working in the U.S., but I see auto, industrial, and semiconductors as the way to, to play that uh, heading, head, moving in, in, into 21. Because end of the day, whoever's in the White House, we're going to get an increased stimulus, which should support you know, these trades. So you know, I, like, I like, again, Ford, GM, and then I like the names like NXPI, ST Micro, and Microchip in, in terms of the, of the semi-chain. So you're looking at with the election, and I think that's the way the market's looking at it too. Is like it's kind of like a a win-win situation. Yep. If the Democrats get in, maybe perhaps get a bigger stimulus than was expected. And Republicans, the market has done well. Other circumstances put aside, so that's kind of the way it's looking. And you, and also you got the Fed, uh, the Fed taking the markets back no matter what happens uh any any you know election cycles i mean we've talked a lot about with ryan dietrich and you know this all the statistics are you know pointing to a uh a republican victory the polls you know the polls are up and down any any election cycle trends you're seeing here i'd like to highlight um, I mean, this is probably one of the most bizarre elections, at least in my lifetime. So I'm, I'm, I'm 41, but I, I don't know about, you know, anyone else out there. Um, but clearly you look at the, you know, guys are, are looking at increasing sentiment consensus that Biden's going to win. But again, who can trust the polls, like you said, and clearly you look at names underneath the, the Biden long basket and solar's at the top of that list. The names have gone parabolic. I know you guys have talked about tan sun power over the past week or so. And Again, if you're long these, and, and, and God bless you if you timed them right and you're seeing some nice gains, I think it's you know, definitely time with the election within you know, three to four weeks to probably look to pr- protect some of that performance via puts, 
Um, but clearly a lot of the money for a Biden win is poured into green energy. Um, yesterday we saw TAN crack yesterday. I think TAN was down uh, three, maybe 330, 360 basis points. So I think it's its biggest decline in about six weeks. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, the solar names, which have been the biggest beneficiaries of Biden, more more than I think it's Trump missteps more than anything. Uh, we know Biden hasn't been you know, overly impressive on the campaign trail. Um, but that's kind of one thing that I'm looking at and, and increasingly is coming up in conversations with my hedge fund clients. Yeah, and just a final note there, Joel. Uh, I, I was going to ask you that anyway, but what what other like, what are those conversations like right now? I mean, the, what is the sentiment among people you talk to? Are they feeling good? Are they feeling bad? Uh, do they feel like the election w will have no effect at all on anything, or or the other way around? I mean, what is the general sentiment of those conversations? It's been it's been a bizarre year because I mean, we all know we saw you know tech just go again parabolic in August with a lot of you know, elevated kind of funky option activity being cited at various times as well. Um, and then we had the big kind of un, un, you know, unwind out of the tech growth trades, you know, the first half of September, really over the entire course of the month, which was painful, you know, a lot of P&L pain in that, that unwind that we saw. But it does seem like given this election, it, you know, with, with COVID, the, the uncertainty regarding how the election process is actually gonna play out, we're gonna have a contested election or not, guys have been in performance protection mode now for a month plus um and you are seeing select stock picking but it's been very kind of you know story specific so whether it's again like pushing the you know the automotive part of the semi chain or names kind of like you know how to play the china recovery we know they pretty much come back you know full boat so a name like alibaba right the, the chinese consumers bounce back impressively look at alibaba's charts just all it, it's 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 amazing um it, it's the dips are become shallower and shallower and it feels like a coiled spring Trip.com, uh, a travel play in China, is a name and other guys are increasingly talking about. So no one's giving up or getting too overly bearish or bullish on, on the out election outcome. Okay. Just really trying to find stories that are kind of be less impacted by a Trump or Biden win. And that seems to be the kind of, you know, again, the, the increasing uh, narrative of, of the conversations that I'm having. All right. Joel Collini is the head of technology and media trading at Wedbush Securities. Joel, thanks for the time today. Guys, thanks for having me. Love your show. All right, thank you. We'll get you back on again soon. Uh, we got it. We're leaking here, Triple D. Uh, I'm not not seeing any headlines here, but uh, just tailing off. We tried to get over unchanged quite a few times here, and uh, you seeing anything on the on just the wires? Incredible here? separation. Okay. Um, the separation we talked about just on the top of the show is continuing here. Um, IWM now down 0.8%. QQQ is trying to come in a bit here, but you are seeing the rotation right into, you know, it, it's so predictable when you get a headline like Johnson & Johnson. You're seeing that tech safety trade come into play, and they are selling all of these reopening stocks as fast as they possibly can, besides Disney, which is obviously being viewed as somewhat of a, you know, technology play because of Disney+. Plus. So it, it's, you know, imbalances, I would say, are not having much of an impact here. There's some. Some of the banks are trading higher with the Citigroup, JP Morgan earnings, which maybe yeah. we should go there now, yeah, uh, which, you know, we haven't given any love to at all, which is, yeah. tells you how much we all love the banks, that they're the end of our show. They used to be like, oh, it's so exciting. The bank earnings are coming. We don't preview them. We don't talk about a run up before them. We don't even talk about, you know, hardly them at all. And, you know, now they get love here with seven minutes to go in our show. But I, I think it's very clear that the money is running back into tech. 
All right, so those bank earnings quickly. I'll do, we'll do them together. J.P. Morgan, uh, they beat and uh, on EPS and they beat on their sales. Citigroup also beat on their EPS and beat on their sales. Uh, trading revenue was up. I think loan loss provisions were not as high as expected, um, and they were both good reports. Nothing really. And then J.P. Morgan said, on top of that, they could resume their buybacks in Q1 if the Fed lifts them. Spiked up a few times near that 105 level Dennis talked about. Uh, there's a pair of highs right here at on the daily charts, uh, 104.99, 105.21. I think that's where you want to get. You want to clear here for just a you know a breakout, maybe a test of 106. Uh, it's been all over the place. Been as low as 102.50. Well, that, that's the top of yesterday's range. So, is 103. What was your close? Uh, 10244. Uh, you lose that 10244. I think you get a shot at under 101. Uh, maybe not the two day low. Yesterday's low. It's hard to get low. excited though. Like 105. Yeah. Look at the 105 and how like how much. If you look out to the months, look how much resistance up there. Multiple highs in that area. You're a buck away from it. You you think it's coming in on these earnings that are already out and blowing through 105 when the market opens? Yeah. I, I don't think so. So I think you got a clear cut line in the sand that of resistance that's just a buck higher. So it makes it hard for me to come in here and Get buy low. a bank stock when we have history that you see this on the banks again and again and again. It's like Groundhog Day. Bill Murray here happening again and again and again where the banks pop up on their earnings. They trade up in the pre-market. They trade up for the first five minutes of the trading session. They pull a rug out from under and they all close red. That's what seems to happen every single time. And obviously nothing's 100% of the time, but I'm not going to say today is different because we've seen this set up so many times with the banks. They have okay earnings and they pop them up in the pre-market. And then by the end of the day, they're all in the red and they've given it all back and they're ugly. So it could happen again. And that's why I'd be more of a fader of the JP Morgan pop. Uh, just uh, also up 10 bucks, 13 bucks from uh, the low on the 25th. 2138 low. Yeah. I mean, that's a big old rally. Yeah. I mean, so if you're in now and you're buying it now, then you're looking for major breakout. But uh, been in the trading range, getting up near the top of the trading and range. How many breakouts have worked on the banks? Uh, zero. Yeah. Uh, Citigroup, how's Citigroup doing? Touched 47, but back into 45 handles. Already so, leaking. Yeah. There's more room on a city, though. Like J.P. Morgan, you know, you look at City and you're like, wow, there's room to 50. Like J.P. Morgan, I don't see much room at all. So if I was picking my poison, um, I'd probably rather own City than J.P. Morgan, but I personally would rather be short J.P. Morgan. And I don't know if I'd short City because it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. That's the only reason, though. And then while we're at it, we should do Delta Airlines. Their earnings were out at 8.30. They were not good. EPS, they were Shocker. They lost $3.30 oh. per share last quarter versus a $3 loss estimate. Sales of $3.06 versus $3.11 billion. Load factor, which is the percentage of their seats that were filled, uh, 41% oh. with their 48% Man. estimate. That's with less flights. Right. Yeah, less so flights. Losing less more money, less passengers, focused on cost cutting, as you'd expect. Doesn't COVID, ground zero. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when's the last time you've been on a flight? No, I'm not going on a flight. I won't. I, you know, and obviously, a, uh, what about a, you? a year ago, probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you went on, didn't you go? Did you drive when you went on vacation there for the last week and a half? You didn't fly. I drove. 
You drove. drove. How long was that drive? It was 10 hours each way. And you would normally always fly that. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm, you saved nine hours. <laughs> so, so you drove just because you didn't want to go on a plane. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I mean, there is this portion of the population, like me, Spencer. I don't know. Joel, would you fly on a plane right now? Uh, no. Nope. So there's Going up north. Northern there's Michigan. such a big portion of the population that's scared to fly, and I am in that. There's a lot of people who aren't scared, and that's the 41%. That are like, this is just the flu, I'm going on the plane, I'll be fine. You probably will be fine. But until they win me, Spencer, and Joel back, it's going to be hard flying for Delta, and I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel here yet. Can you buy these things? Are you going to be okay if you buy them 10 years from now? We don't know. I've seen a lot of airlines go bankrupt before, so I don't think it can happen. There's been a lot of airline bankruptcies. We have precedents for airline bankruptcies, so... Uh, I think it's a coin flip. So a lot of people thinking you can't go wrong buying Delta 31. Eventually, it's going to be, if we go back to the you know, $60 stock here again, I'm going to say I don't know that for sure. So uh, I'm out, just not participating. Wow, they lost three bucks, huh? It's probably Over good. Like, that's probably good expectations, really. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's tough when your planes, your break-evens, Flying at 65 or 70% capacity, flying at 42, and they have less flights than they used to because they've killed a lot of flights. It's a tough go. There's, and, you know, obviously a lot of layoffs coming, and they're trying to get money, some of these different airlines, to fund them through. They're looking for government money so that they don't have to lay more people off. But, I mean, the writing is on the wall here. I mean, until we get a vaccine that we know works and we can all become confident that we're not going to go on the plane and get sick, it's difficult to invest. All right. What else did we do? We did the Citigroup. We did yeah. the J&J. I mean, we did that, that's it for our list. I want to get to one or two tickers from the chat if I can. I know there's a lot more in there. I've written them down. I'll cover the rest at 340, but there's a, one or two I want to do now before our next guest. And let's start with you, Unity Software. Uh, analyst quiet period is over now. So the, it's an IPO from a month ago. You got a bunch of initiations this morning. Uh, Piper, Goldman Sachs, Credit Suisse, Barclays, William Blair, Stiefel, uh, all initiated at holds or outperform mm. par for the course. You expect that. These are all the firms just for context that underwrote the IPO that weren't allowed to have coverage on the stock for a certain amount of time. That window is now uh, uh, open. They can cover the stock. And so they're all going to come out at neutral or buy. You don't typically see any sell ratings. We did see it. I forget which. There I was one stock. I, I don't remember. There was one like a month ago where somebody did the underwrite and then yeah, they just came out with a sell on it. <laughs> typically, you see a lot of neutral and buy ratings from the yeah. underwriters. It's not, not, nothing really unusual here. here. Here's the issue is this turned yesterday. We had the key reversal. Yep. And we closed on the lows. And we actually, the high from yesterday coincides nicely with the high back from September 29th. So now you have the dreaded double top in place. I'd be a seller of all rallies in you. Uh, That's just my opinion, but I think the path of least resistance for you is lower. Uh, let's see here. Uh, practically matching highs yesterday and uh, Friday, 10042 on Friday, 101, and you sold off 10 bucks from that. Uh, Dennis mentioned the two highs over here. For me, 90. Like if this loses 90, I mean, you can maybe hope that it will stop at 88.80. That was your three-day low. But what do you see between 90 and 80 here? 
not or 90 and 85 at least. I don't like seeing a vacuum like that. 8376. So weekday just kind of holding on in the pre-market, but this loses 90. I don't I don't like it at all. And if it gets anywhere near 100, uh, major major resistance. Uh, what else you want to cover? I had two here? stocks uh, from yeah. Angela on Twitter and. She wanted to cover Zoom and Roku. These are obviously two stocks that are loved by our chat as well, so we might as well cover both of these. She was concerned with the, that Zoom actually on a day that the NASDAQ was ripping, Zoom actually closed in the red. Joel and I pointed that out yesterday, yeah. Yeah, so that is a concern. I mean, Take it Zoom out. has been on such a run. Is this, you know, we're talking about a stock that has went from 250 to 500 in six weeks. So it's doubled in six weeks from an already ridiculous valuation. So you can't look at this from a valuation perspective because it's just stupid. So you can't look at it because eventually it will matter. And I, like I said, I think Zoom, when we look at it two years from now, is a significantly lower, significantly lower. That's my opinion. So I would not put Zoom in my long-term portfolio and think it's going to a thousand bucks. I think it's going significantly lower within the next two years. I cannot time that. I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, the technicals are still okay. So trend is your friend. It's not great that it closed red. So good eye, Angela. Bad relative strength yesterday from that. That is concerning. I would say, you know, if you lose like, and it's so far down, but like that 462 area from like I'd even go ago, tighter than that, Triple D. You'd go tighter than that? Yeah. I'd say there's 30-point range between like 472 and 503. I mean, that that's really how – actually, 473 is the level. This has been in a, a trading range here for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Let's call it 11 sessions within yeah. like a 30-point range. So I think if you're, if you're a bull – Man, you want to you want to see this five five hundred over five hundred five hundred close, and then you know just keep on going. On and the it downside, failed there yesterday. Yeah, it failed there yesterday. Uh, and who gave it the pump? So was it a Jeffries guy or somebody? Somebody. Yeah. Johnny come lately. Yeah, they tried to oh, push no, it. No, I think that was Laura Martin, and she's been bullish the entire time. She oh, okay. oh, okay. So she just raised her target. Yeah, yeah, we did give her forgiveness after we said that. Yes, because it wasn't coming out of the blue. Just raised her target. And who's been I tried to get her on the show, but she's one of the few West Coast people that said it was too early. Uh, oh, to come on the show too early. Well, Everybody actually, forgets the worm. I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Joel, because our next guest, I believe, is from the West Coast, and I want to okay now because I don't want. I know it's early for him. So, uh, Dennis, you are, you know, Dennis and Joel, be, hang out. Uh, I I have to go not. trade, but I'm going to be listening in. Or yeah. if you guys want to throw like one or two tickers in, I'll let uh, Spencer run with the interview with Ryan. I'll do a couple tickers, and then we'll call it a day. Yep. So our guest now is Ryan Lang. He's a chief marketing officer at Next Green Wave. I'm trying to bring on his uh, his 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 camera right now and his mic because I know he's in our Zoom, but I can't see or hear him. Uh, so Ryan, I know I know Ryan can hear me, but I'm having a hard time seeing or hearing him. Uh, so Ryan will be presenting at the next Benzinga uh, Cannabis Capital Conference, which is uh, this, this coming Friday, actually, if you can believe it. We have one every month. There he is, Ryan, good morning. Good morning. Uh, so as I was mentioning, you're gonna be at the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference or the, the virtual uh, conference, it's this Friday. What are you gonna be uh, presenting? Uh, it's actually my, our, our CEO, Mike Jennings, is gonna be there, who's, um, he's actually uh, our kind of our head cult and we, you know, the facility up north. 
Right. Um, but really talking about how next green wave, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So uh, really talking about next green wave, we've um, surpassed six months of positive cash flow and profitability, which is a big milestone for us. Um, and also a big milestone for cannabis companies. There's not many uh, profitable cannabis companies and we're proud to say we're one of those. Um, he'll also be probably talking about our, our flower program that we're running right now where um, we're running a pheno hunt looking for rare genetics, um, continuing to improve and grow our production capabilities. Um, probably also talking about how our branded products are, are expanding across California right now into retail, which is a big thing for us. Can you talk about the, the importance of branding with cannabis? Because there's like so many, I don't know how many companies and products you know, and, and, and uh, different types of products, different brands of those types. How important is branding, especially when every state is sort of its own market? Can you just speak yeah. to the importance of, of just how you somehow get your brand to stick out? Sure. Yeah, there's been, um, there's a bit, a lot of, probably talk around brands this year in cannabis and it's kind of gone you've seen a lot of you know big brands kind of fail um, by hitting and talking to the market in the wrong way uh, the cannabis industry is a very um, particular industry as far as uh, the way they they look at and view at brands uh, for us personally we actually stepped back from having multiple different brand relationships and really focused on our own core brand which is the ngw brand we have seen a real positive impact since that change. I think consumers are looking for transparency from brands. So they're really looking to know what's happening behind the scenes, um, understanding processes and understanding the products that they're getting at the end of the day. So we let our products lead, I guess. As an opera, a cannabis operator, what do you think investors need to know? Because there's, you know, the, obviously the Canadian operators, the, the big ones at least, uh, sort of were the first ones, uh, you know, ahead of the curve, so to speak, and they've sort of been punished for all the euphoria from a few years ago. Um, but what do you think investors should really know about how to look at and judge these operators? Yeah, I, I would say there's probably a lot of investors in, that have invested in the cannabis industry as a whole that kind of feel burned by the industry. Yeah. Um, I think that really what it comes down to is having to do your homework and really understanding the teams that you're investing in, because more, at the end of the day, you're investing in the people that make up that company. Um, our CEO, he's, he comes from a family of cannabis producers. His father produced cannabis. There's actually a great write-up in uh, Forbes about him. Um, as far as operating, you know, we brought, we, we like to think of ourselves as, um, you know, a cannabis company first, kind of an old school cannabis company first. Yes, we're publicly traded, but we're not a publicly traded cannabis company. I think there's a lot of the, the traditional publicly traded cannabis companies that had never operated in a cannabis industry before they decided to, to jump in. And um, I think really, you know, like I said, going back to the team and being the most important piece, we have a strong team of, uh, you know, both leaders and also um, innovators in the, in the space. Uh, I've been reading about this year being a, a record uh, croptober in terms of the amount of the yield that's out there. Is that still the case? Um, you know, there may be potentially more cannabis hitting the market, but the demand is the strongest I've ever seen. Um, you know, our, we are oversold month over month and, um, 
it's really been just a kind of an, a wild time, um, you know, this, this year in particular. Yeah, that was my next question is sort of how, how has COVID changed the business the last seven, seven or eight months? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you've watched kind of our month, uh, month to month revenue, the things that we've reported on online um, are obviously our revenues continue to grow. Um, like I said, the demand for our products has continued to grow, not only on the wholesale side, um, but also on the retail side. So we were doing a lot of wholesale um, flour pre-COVID, um, but, and, and also some retail, but retail has really exploded for us um, throughout the last few months. Interesting. And then which markets are you in? I know you're in California. Is it just California? We're in California, but we are across California in most of the premier um, dispensaries that you, you'd look to find a brand. Okay. Uh, Ron with Ryan Wang. As I mentioned, he's the chief marketing officer at Next Green Wave Trades uh, on the OTC markets and uh, Toronto Stock Exchange also, I believe. Uh, the CSE. CSE, excuse me. CSE. Uh, uh, as I mentioned, he'll be at the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference, which I can't believe is, is coming up on Friday. It seems like every time I turn around, they're, they're always coming up. I will put the link to the conference in our chats, uh, not to worry. Uh, Ryan, before I let you go, we're just like, what is the, the biggest opportunity for next green wave like in the next 12 to 24 months what what is the biggest thing that you're looking towards yeah so like i said we're optimizing our right now we are and in our current facility we are you know producing and selling everything we can Um, but one of the big things that you'll see coming up is our extract uh, extraction facility coming online hopefully by the end of the year here which allows us uh a you know to to make additional revenue through tolling and processing for others, but then B, it also minimizes our current uh, production costs. So uh, that's one of our big kind of moves in, in, that you'll be seeing in the future and, and that we've been talking about and we're excited about. All right, Ryan Lang, Chief Marketing Officer, Next Green Wave. Ryan, looking forward to uh, seeing and hearing you guys at the conference. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Uh, that'll be a wrap for us. I want to uh, do that like thing as I do. So if you like today's show, you thought we had some good content, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that. I, I mentioned the tickers that I wrote down. We'll cover more of them uh, at the afternoon. So I, I, I wrote down L Brands. I wrote down the Trade Desk. I wrote down Duncan. I wrote down Square. Uh, there are others. So uh, we'll cover those at the afternoon show. I want to thank both our guests today, Joel and Ryan. Thanks to all of you in our chat both on YouTube, on Benzinga.com, and on Benzinga Pro. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we'll, we'll be back with you in the afternoon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.